All right, welcome back, FF Dynasty 260. Proudly presents episode 17 of the Redraft Podcast. This week we are recapping week four and most importantly, the first round of the fantasy football playoffs. My name is Pat Loftus. I am back after about a month-long hiatus. Had some adulting to do. Not fun. Um, glad to be back. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Pat. Uh, joined this week by the rest of the crew. We got Seth, Mike, and John. Seth, say hello. Tell the people where they can find you on Twitter. Absolutely. And first and foremost, Pat, welcome back. I am so glad not to be hosting, editing, producing, putting it all together. <laughs> we really need to start hiring some people to do these jobs because uh, right? it's a pain in the butt. So I am so glad that you're back to do that <laughs> and, and I'm off the hook. Um, but welcome back. Welcome back to all of our fans. Hopefully you're still rocking out in the playoffs. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter. I am the at home dead. You can find me at the, uh, at FF, the at home dead. Wow. Got to remember your name. Wow. Right? Wow. You're making me do a lot of work the first time back. You're going to make me edit a lot of this, aren't you? No, we're no, we don't, we don't edit. No, we're good. All right, Mike, what's going on, my man? How we doing? Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Had to take last week off. You know, it's that time of year when people get sick. Pat, glad you put adulting aside and joined us back in <laughs> fantasy land. Yeah, right. We missed you. I know Seth did. I did doing all the damn notes and whatnot in your stead. So next week it's on you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> well, probably should have prepped a little bit more for the first show back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where can the fine people find you on Twitter, Mike? You guys can find me on Twitter at MikeSports22. Oh man, John, how are we doing tonight? What's we are doing great. We are doing great. Uh, it's a fine night in Chicago, 22 degrees again. It's uh, fantastic. Uh, and you could find me on on Twitter on the Twitter machine, John Lynn at Meathead underscore 75. I'm glad to hang out with you guys, talk to the our followers, and have a couple of American made, Union made, Middle High Life tonight during the podcast. <laughs> fantastic. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, it's great to be back. Hopefully everybody's still alive and well in uh, in the in the playoffs, maybe coming off a first-round win or, more importantly, a first-round bye. Uh, we'll get to some burning questions and uh, a whole lot more later on. Let's start, I guess. Uh, I guess first question, is there a promo? There, uh, no promo because Michael Thomas did not reach 150 yards. Well – I'd say keep following us at FFD260 on Twitter because I'm pretty sure we're going to have a few more coming up, jersey giveaways and things like that. So make sure yeah. you follow us on Twitter and keep an eye out for those. We'll see We'll see if we can just roll it over into into this upcoming week and just keep it going. Like the next time Michael Thomas yeah. hits 150, maybe, maybe we give away a signed Michael Thomas uh, jersey from our good friends over at Pristine Auction. Um, so be sure to follow uh, all of us. Um, at our main Twitter handle at FFD260. And also uh, check out our good friends, Pristine Auction. Um, you can find them on Twitter and online, pristineauction.com. Awesome. Yeah, great, what an great awesome stuff. giveaway that is. Yeah. Can, great can stuff. We, can we do one thing real quick before we jump into injuries and news? How did you how how are you guys doing in the playoffs right now? Out of out of eight leagues. I'm in the playoffs in six and keeping alive in all six of them. Oh, good for you. I went one for three 
and uh, I laid an egg in the first round of the playoffs. I went uh, a bold strategy after losing both my starting running backs, and I put up 58 points and uh, got bounced. That does not seem like a good number of points there, Pat. No, no, it, it was not. Thanks for bringing that up. It's the effort that counts there, Pat. <laughs> right? I tried really hard, though, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, how'd you do? I must be the addict of the group. You guys talk about six or eight and three leagues. I have 18, made the playoffs in 15 of them, six first-round buys, and won every league last week. So I'm doing pretty good. Nice. And uh, what about about you, Johnny boy? Oh, man, how do I follow that with my garbage-ass teams? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I went went second. Nobody can be any worse than me. I'm in 13 leagues. A lot of a lot of them are best ball leagues. Uh, seven of them are best ball leagues, so it's no lineups. Uh, I'm I'm still alive in three of those, but I don't really count those. Um, yeah, I think so. This, the six leagues that I am in, that I start like, um, well, I'm out of the fishbowl. I was out uh, at a tiebreaker my first round, uh, the playoffs. Uh, to even to get in, I didn't make the playoffs in the fishbowl. Uh, a lot of my stuff's two quarterback, uh, super flex, and I waited and waited, and I got stuck with Mariota and uh, Blake Bortles and Case Keenum, and I, that that tanked my league along with the Saints defense to start the season off. Uh, coming coming out digging from an 0-4, 0-5 hole with that kind of situation, yeah, my team's great now. I'm scoring 200 points a week, but it's uh, you know, it's just too late, little too little too late. So my yeah. team blossomed, and it just uh, just didn't make it. Oh, I'm good. Glad everybody has a pony in the race, right? Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, Pat. Oh, I got a pony in the race. I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I got to play the great Mike Taglier this week in our neighborhood league. So it's, uh, that's, that's my, uh, yeah. So it should be a good game. Um, and then my other league, I'm the other league that I'm in the playoffs. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, like 177 to 177 tie projected this week. So it should be a good game also. Nice. Nice. All right. I, I just had to just had to find out how everybody's doing, Pat. I don't want to want to steal any thunder. Uh, yeah, that that whole adulting thing really took time away from fantasy football. Yeah, sorry, yeah. it gets I, better. I blame adulting. <laughs> oh, all right, laundry list. Lots of lots of injuries this week as we run through. I see eight, nine names on the list here. Um, I don't even know where to start because these are all you know, big names, impact guys. So I don't know. What do you think? Should we just run through the list that we have here? We'll start with Big Ben. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's tough seeing him go down because he went down with a rib injury and you never really know how hurt he is because he's been in the league so long. He's just gotten taken a beating. It seems like every year, but he never misses time. And then, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the story today that came out. They didn't know the severity of the injury because there was a faulty x-ray machine or something like that in Oakland. Yeah. Did you guys, you guys hear that one? They always got crazy things going on with that team. <laughs> so, you know, just monitor. He should be good to go. They're playing New England, and that's there's some big implications for that game because they're both Pittsburgh and New England are competing for home field and a top seed in the AFC. So if he's even 51%, he's going to play. But keep an eye on it. If you have other options, it might not be the worst to, to consider, but if you, if you've got big Ben, you're probably going to roll them out. Yeah. I would say you, your best bet is to grab a quarterback. If there's a quarterback that you like on uh, waivers, but expect, I expect big Ben to play. 
um, mostly because he was able to return to the game. If he had a broken rib, a cracked rib, something that was going to cause kind of continued pain into the next week, you know it. Uh, I I cracked a rib playing um, football, playing a – Oh, here we go. It, <laughs> No, Here we but, go, Al Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. This, this was no, no pads, no, no pads football. Um, a dude literally drop kicked me on an onside kick right in the rib cage. Didn't make a play for the ball at all. I wanted to get up and yell at him, and I just, I, I could not, I, I couldn't breathe, let alone really move. Uh, so yeah, if, if it were a broken rib or a cracked rib or something like that, he's not coming back into that game, even with the amount of stuff that, you know, professional trainers and, and whatnot can, can shoot him up with and, and just alleviate pain with, he's not coming back with a rib injury. Yeah. It's it's a home game and versus a pretty bad defense in new England. So, uh, I expect big Ben to you know, play. He's a polar bear. He fights through these injuries, injuries all the time. I expect him to have a good game this week. And he, he's going to play, and he's going to have a great week. Yep. All right. I don't know if I agree with great week, but yep. <laughs> uh, Lamar Jackson gets his time to shine and goes down with an ankle injury this week. Is he good to go? What's the word out of Baltimore? Have they said anything about who's starting this week? I haven't seen anything yet, um, but I've, I've heard plenty of teasers going back and forth of, oh, it could be Flacco because Lamar tweaked his his ankle. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I don't know. That's, it, t- that's tough because if – if you were lucky enough and you did follow us and listen to what Seth had to say a few weeks ago and you grabbed Lamar Jackson, he has probably helped your team out quite a bit. Uh, and you, you hate to see him go down because you're not going back to Flacco. There have got to be better options out there on your waiver wire than Joe Flacco. Yeah. I mean, j- just throw a little nugget of information out there. From week 11 to 14, um, Lamar Jackson has outscored Aaron Rodgers. So, throwing that one out there. Lamar Jackson was not not that crazy of a pickup there. And even with that, like, I I don't know how the Baltimore coaches go back to Flacco in, unless the Lamar Jackson ankle injury is something that's hampering him to the point where he can't run. Because yeah. he... I thought I saw glimpses of him being able to pass. The more I see it each week, the more it's like he only throws to the right side of the field. And even when he's only throwing to the right side of the field, he's still not that good only throwing to the right side of the field. Uh, So he needs that running to help him out. And if this ankle injury is going to be something in any way significant, I'm I'm nervous. Nervous for Lamar. Yeah, well, he's he's getting a minimum every week the twenty points you need for a quarterback. That's all you can ask for, and most of it's running yards. But it, I was pretty impressed with the little touch pass he had uh, to the to the right side of the end zone, like you said, the right side. But it was nice to see that he can actually throw those those nice touch passes. Or, you know, even though it's a bit of a rainbow, but you need to throw them passes when it's uh, to get your receiver open. So I was I was impressed with that. Yeah, no, that was a pretty pass. Yeah, I mean, even with the injury, he was our QB twelve this week. So. When he plays, he produces. Yep. 
So, All right. Next on the injury list, Ryan Tannehill, also with an ankle injury, also played well and played through it. He was our QB four. Um, the news here, he's sore. He's walking around. He's still uncertain. So keep an eye on on the injury report down in Miami and see if he's good to go. Because if he's good to go, uh, Tannehill might you know be prime for another big week. Expect another miracle this week. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about miracle. <laughs> that 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 helped me win the the first round of the FFD two sixty writers league was Kenyon Drake doing nothing all game and then the Miami miracle him getting credited with what was it sixty nine yards and a touchdown and a reception it's like yes the Dolphins Solid. just keep doing Dolphin stuff I love it <laughs> I, I expected more from John since we're actually you know speaking highly of his Dolphins. Um, I'll, I don't want to glow too much, you know. I, they, <laughs> speak, they, speak, they speak for themselves. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. A name that's popped up on the injury report quite a bit this year, Doug Baldwin. He missed the game uh, last night, and he is questionable for this Sunday. Um, I just shut him down. I, mean, I don't. I, w- I don't want to touch him with a ten foot pole this yeah. whole rest of the year. He's agreed. Yeah this this whole season has been on and off for him. And uh, I mean, I'm 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 I, I love me some Dougie Fresh, some Doug Baldwin, and uh, it it hurts because this whole year it's just been he's not a hundred percent. He's coming back, but he's doing you know he's getting tweaks here and there, and it's. And like last, if if you were one of the people that were like, all right, man, I don't like it, but I'm gonna put him in my my lineup, and then Monday night comes and oops, he's out. You limited your options yeah. so badly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I don't like Doug Baldwin. It's it's sad. I, I love Doug Baldwin. I don't like him for the rest of the season in redraft. Yeah, it's just been week in and week out dealing with this injury and that injury and then contingency plan here and there. Just two weeks left. Just move on. Yeah, agreed. Yep. I think this is the first time this this man has popped up on our injury report this year, and it should come as a bit of a surprise because he spent most of his career injured. We're talking Jordan Reed out in Washington. Uh, it's a sprained toe is what I'm reading. Uh, they don't believe it to be major, but it's still pretty possible he misses the rest of the season. Yeah, poor guy. I, you know, who would have thought he finally stays healthy, but doesn't produce? Yeah, who would have thought the guy scored just enough points to knock me out of my playoff, and and then he gets hurt. He gets hurt the next play after he knocks me out of the playoffs, and then he's out for the season, of course. Oh, John, I'm so bitter. <laughs> Uh, bitter, bitter, bitter. So, so bitter. Love oh, boy. Uh, next is Jono Smith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jono Smith. All right, John, we'll, we'll appease you here. Jono Smith. Can I ask one quick question? Not about Jordan Reed. Does this make Vernon Davis appealing to anyone? Because no. I've, I've heard people talk about no. it. No. Everybody, everybody talks crap about him all the time. And then he ends up getting six catches for 85 yards when everybody MFs him the whole time. You know, it, it, nobody likes him because, you know, he's 
he doesn't produce for so long, and then he, he just shows up. You can't, you can't say no. Yes, you, yes, you can. Who's throwing him the ball, John? Are you lining up under center this week, Mike? Is it you? Well, I hope. Not. Yeah, I wish it was me. Who's uh, who's under center this week for the for the for Washington? Uh, uh, Josh Johnson. There, yeah, there you go. Pass. Hard pass. Didn't the AAF bring Josh Jackson <laughs> Johnson back to be like, wait, 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 dude, we just drafted you. Yeah, hard, yeah. hard, hard pass. <laughs> hard pass on Jordan Reed and Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, anybody in Washington. All right, so, so Pat, you're a hard pass. Mike, you agree it's a hard pass? Maybe you can convince me to play him in some kind of the DFS style, but redraft, nah, I don't want him. And John, you're kind of like, yeah. I just, you know, he's the guy who gets four catches for 50 yards. You know, it just kind of, he makes something happen down the sidelines when he plays. It just, yeah, as much as every time you're just like, God, I hate this guy. The next, you know, then you have to start him. He does something for you. You're like, I guess he's not that bad. (laughs) If you you had one of these other trash tight ends, like tight ends, (laughs) it doesn't matter. Anybody out of that top five tight ends, would you start Jordan? Would you start uh, Vernon Davis? John, right now, answer that question. Would you start him? I mean, outside the top five, if I had like Evan Ingram or Njoku or Uzama, I'd start those guys over over Vernon Davis, of course. But I mean, the rest of the guys uh, from probably Trey Burton, Vance McDonald, uh, Cameron Brait, they're all the same. This is a horrible year for tight ends. Give me all the Cameron Brait. You could have them. Okay. You you might get me to play uh, Vernon Davis over the lacrosse kid in Denver or. the guys you in might, Seattle, but uh, you know no, yeah, I'll, right, here, here I'll take go. I'll take Bright, I'll take Ingram, I'll take I'll even take Trey Burn as much as he burned me lately over Vernon Davis. I can't believe we're going down this Vernon Davis tangent, but oh okay. well, here we go. Would I'm the only person that was like would you that he was even like questioning it? So I want to know like if if you had to make the choice between. You know, one of these guys, would you actually put him in there? So, okay. No. All right. Move on now. John U. Smith. John U. Smith. MCL. So, you would start. Here we go. Vernon uh, Vernon Davis over John U. Smith. Well, yeah. Because uh-huh. John, done for the season. John of course Smith I would. out for the season, Seth. <laughs> yeah, we, found, we found somebody we would start over. Oh, my God. <laughs> John U. Um, Smith. Pat, get it going. All right, guys. Yeah, I'm glad I'm back. This will be my last one for another month. All right. For the past month of me hosting. Yeah. Right. There are no rules. All right. John New Smith. John New Smith. Knee injury. MCL out for the season. Um. Yeah, I got nothing because Tennessee's yeah. down to their third string rookie tight end. It's just brutal. Yeah. And it's Mariota. Avoid. Avoid at all costs. Um, we're getting some running backs here. LaShawn McCoy, surprise, surprise, hamstring injury. Oh boy. And guess what? He's day to day. I, I get, I honestly, he's I on the report before. every week. Yeah, it's, this- it's one of those things like, oh, he's not. Oh, geez. All right. Well, he's probably going to get hurt today. So, leather, rinse, repeat. Ex- exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's, he's day to day. You have to have better options. If you're rolling out LaShawn McCoy and you're still in the playoffs, you have to have like Zeke, Gurley, and Barkley. <laughs> so you have to have just an insane team to. <laughs> if you got those three, why the hell are you play McCoy anywhere? I don't know. I was trying to make a point that you shouldn't be playing LaShawn McCoy. If you got McCoy and you're still in the playoffs, you've got to find a new league. <laughs> right. 
Hey, oh, I'm McCoy in one league, and I'm still McCoy. <laughs> Stop uh, playing with your students, I, Steph. I, I, I won, I won <laughs> points this past week because I won it against Amari Cooper. And uh, who was the other guy in that league that went off? He scored 90 points between two people. Oh, George uh, Kittle probably? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Sounds like you were playing me, but okay. Yep. He didn't have Juju as well, did he? No. Okay, then it wasn't me. All right, go ahead. All right. Uh, let's see. Corey Clement popped up this week with a knee injury, and actually as of earlier today, he was placed on injured reserve. His season is over. Wow. So I guess fire up all the Darren Sproles and Josh Adams. Yeah, I'm still not going to do that. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> like, like if, if I have them and I have to play them, then obviously it is what it is. Like they're not bad plays, but I'm not I'm not excited to play them. Not I mean, I, I'd be more excited to probably play Sproles in a PPR format just because they actually throw in the ball. Yeah. Even I, though he's 45 years old. I, didn't, they, they gave Sproles end zone looks this past week too, didn't they? I want to say they did. I have to. I'll look that up. But they're going up yeah. against the Rams. The Rams. Yeah. It's a Sunday night primetime game. Eagles versus Rams. Uh, yeah, I'm going Sproles over Josh Adams. Even though I I really like Josh Adams. I like um, Adams in my forward. dynasty leagues, not so much in redraft. Yeah. So all right, and then we get down to uh, probably the biggest injuries and or news uh, coming out of Los Angeles with the Chargers. Uh, we got first. We got Austin Eckler, uh, neck injury, bit of a concussion. Um, the Chargers are optimistic he plays uh, this Thursday, so coming off a short week. Uh, the other one, Melvin Gordon, came back to practice. Um, got a limited session in today, so there there were some rumblings that Melvin Gordon might be uh, might be back this week for the Chargers. I'm still. Firing up all the Josh Jackson, even if Gordon does play, uh, there's no way he's 100%. There's no way he's getting his normal workload. Give me all the Josh Jackson this week. Yeah, Justin Jackson's been uh, great yeah, against. Justin, sorry, Justin K- Jackson. Thank you. Casey's got a pretty bad running defense too, so I would. Uh, I like Justin Jackson. I think he's going to do real good this week too. So yes. Yeah. yeah I, see, I. It really, it really hurts me because I, I need Melvin Gordon to come back this week. In two different uh, two different leagues that I'm in, um, but I just don't I don't think he's coming back, uh, which means Justin Jackson. He really let me down because I started him in one league, um, and that that was actually the league that I won by point nine. So it's a good thing Justin Jackson produced just as much as he did because otherwise. <laughs> Uh, might have lost that game, but he he really disappointed this past week. I think they play a better game. Um, I, it's it's really sad to see, especially with Cincinnati, whose defense has just been so porous. It raises raises a lot of question marks because they they shut down the running game in 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 well in Cincinnati, but against the the Chargers. Well, you know who you can blame it on, right? The rain. Oh, <laughs> ever since a certain ever since a certain coach has joined the Bengals staff, they've been zero and four. Oh, oh goodness! Let yeah, Q Ball Q. Yeah, yeah. Jackson. 
All right, all right, all right. I'm just going to keep singing. Blame it on the rain. <laughs> I'm, I'm blaming Hugh Jackson because why not? Prove me wrong. Well, he is the one quote unquote coaching the defense. So, you know. Well, the Chargers get a better, a better matchup than Cincinnati somehow playing against the Chiefs. And it's at, uh, they're going to Arrowhead, which is not an easy place to play in, but that defense is just really, really bad. So Justin Jackson, fire him up. Doesn't look like Melvin Gordon or Eckler are going to play. Yeah, I agree. And that's, uh, that, that, that was a great segue into the first bit of, you know, breaking news was, uh, you know, Justin Jackson, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. And uh, if you follow, all of us on Twitter, which you you should be doing, you'll notice that uh, Seth put out a a little bit of a, a question comment here about injuries and you know crazy week of the playoffs and uh, actually a couple of the comments and questions are people saying you know what should I do with Melvin Gordon you know I put in a claim for for Jackson I don't know if I'm going to get him or not um, you know I think if if Gordon is active you know do I play his upside or do I play someone else. Um, you know, I think the consensus here is avoid Gordon. You know, if you have Justin Jackson, you're you're playing him. Um, if you have other options, you're probably playing them over Gordon. Is that correct? Um, I, I'm going to disagree, and actually, I think Mike, I think Mike and I are in agreement. So yeah. I'm going to I'm going to like I'm going to let Mike talk first. I'm I'm with Seth here. Yeah, if I got Melvin Gordon, he's playing, and there's no news like you know he's going to be on a very limited snap count, or he's you know testing out a pregame and had to convince the coaching staff to play. But if he, you know, does a limited walkthrough Wednesday and he's good to go, then I'm playing him. Justin Jackson's a nice appealing flex option as well. But if Gordon's active, he's in my lineup. I'm going to play my studs, and if it comes back to bite me, well, so be know. it. So be it versus I try and get cute and then he goes off for 36 and I'll like a fourth him on the bench. So <laughs> so what so this brings up another question then. What do you guys think if you have this situation with you know Gordon Eckler or Gordon Jackson or you know two solid running backs? What do you guys think about playing both of them? Well, for this week specific, I don't think Eckler's gonna play. And if he does play, that's kind of so so let's let's say you're uh, uh you you're rostering Gordon Eckler Jackson. Mm-hmm. Are you starting Gordon and Jackson this week? Assuming no. Eckler's out? Yes, assuming Eckler's out. And if I have a better alternative to play somebody to flex over Jackson, I'd rather do that, but I'm not opposed to it because Kansas City's so bad against the running backs. Yeah. I think yeah. it's unique situations where you're up against a terrible run defense. You can probably get away with it. I know a couple of times – uh, you know, the Chargers against the, the I think, Oakland earlier in the year, both Gordon and Eckler put up 20, 25-plus points. Um, so that's – I've come across that question a few times about starting, uh, you know, two guys in the same backfield. Yeah, out of that New Orleans, the Chargers are the only team with two backs you can say you might be able to go with playing both. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a league where I have Gordon and Eckler, and there's a couple of matchups, the Oakland one, the Cardinals one where I played both and it turned out well, but you typically mm-hmm. don't like that because usually Gordon eats and then you get a couple of games where Eckler gets four or five, whatever. And it's like, you're wasting a flex spot on one guy for four points. Yeah. yeah I just don't see them being in like similar roles though. Like I, like the, the Gordon Eckler, they kind of played off each other a little bit. Like I don't see Jackson and Gordon doing that as much. So I, I, 
if I have Jackson and Gordon, I would have to have someone like I would have to have someone really bad is my other option yeah. to to start Jackson over him. Um, like I would I would take most I, I would take most running backs even you know even somebody like a like a Jeff Wilson Jr. in San Francisco. Like I think I would start him over Justin Jackson if Gordon's gonna play. Mm-hmm. And just kind of be ready for it's Thursday night. Gordon's going to be in that starting spot. Even like it's Thursday night, make sure he's there. Leave me a little wiggle room with my flex um, because Gordon Gordon might be one of those guys that comes back a, a game too early from injury and doesn't play at a hundred percent. I'd rather have that than start both Gordon and Jackson. Right and end up with two guys that do mediocre and now i've burned two spots with you know chargers running backs right 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 no i get it just one of those mm-hmm. I, i've seen it come up a few times and think why not bring it up now so get some differing opinions yeah um so another question that came up seth from your question on twitter um who to start here Jameis winston maddie ice or cam newton john what do you who who do you like out of that grouping um, I, I, it's a situation where I think it's, uh, it's going to be probably, I, I answered this on Twitter already. I think it's going to be a situation where, uh, Matty Ice is going to be real good as, uh, it's someone I think is going to be, <coughs> Matty Ice is going to be, you know, he's going to get his, his share, but I, I don't, I, I think I'm going to sit, uh, I'm not going to play Jameis this week out of two of them. Out of the three, uh, the other two are. It's just a toss of a coin for me on that, as, as far as that goes. Yeah, I I agree. I think Jameis is last on the list there. If uh, you know, by if, far, if I'm uh, if I'm rostering Cam or Matty Ice, and I'm able to pair it with like Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, I'm going to start both of those guys. Or if I have a uh, you know Cam Newton and maybe CMC or an Ian Thomas, and I can maybe double dip, um, you know that that's probably going to sway my decision, but yeah, I could see a toss up there. Those guys are both Arizona, really good this week. Arizona has a, a pretty good passing defense. Uh, New Orleans, even they have a really good running defense. The passing defense is average at best, you know, but Winston's playing against Baltimore. That's not, yeah, not an easy task. Yeah. And yeah, he's clearly the third option. Yeah. Um, Winston's clearly the third option. You don't want to touch that at all. He's actually yeah. probably dropped off this point. For me, so just, I'd rather play. I'd rather play Newton, um, but I see the argument about Matt Ryan. I'm with Pat Dove. You could stack points with a Julio or CMC or whatever. Then obviously lean that way, double dip. But to me, if it's just straight out right, I'd rather have Cam. Especially with the running back situation in Carolina, I, I Newton's going to have to do a little more with his feet this week. I think so. Uh, that's another reason I'm going Newton. Also, see, I feel like Newton's. I feel like Newton's nursing an injury that they haven't come out and fully disclosed yet. Um, he just doesn't—he doesn't seem to be looking the same. And the fact that they keep pulling him out on any play where he has to throw the ball really downfield, uh, it really looks like there may be some kind of shoulder injury there that they're just not willing to come out and just outright say. Um, yeah, they know there is. They know there is. They, they're hinting around it, but they're just not verifying it. You know, so yeah. so that that makes me real nervous about Cam, especially watching his past couple of games, like. Cam's always struggled with accuracy, and he 
he's even even more inaccurate now, which you know it helps out CMC, it helps out Curtis Samuel, um, even DJ Moore running underneath, and especially Ian Thomas, who got like what was it nine receptions and ten or eleven targets last week because yeah. he's that underneath guy that's you know he played phenomenal last week. Yeah, he did. So I, I'm just real nervous that Cam is going to be. Uh, underwhelming, and especially as a Monday night game, I really don't want to be stuck because I, you're not picking up Drew Brees. If, <laughs> if, if Cam Newton can't go, you're not yeah. picking up. You're not picking up Drew Brees. So you can get uh, Tyson Hill though. Uh, he he made a great tackle last week. I don't, oh boy. Know, I don't know if he made any other fantasy points for you. You got the block on the punt there. So yeah, that's Make true. Sure the IDP league. Yeah, if, if it's an IDP league, start the second string quarterback. Third, third string. Of the Saints. Third string. Yeah. Oh, right. uh, boy. All right. We got another one here. It's a, it's a, a who do I flex here? It's a full point PPR. Jalen Samuels, A Rob, or Doug Baldwin. I think the consensus here is not Doug Baldwin. So let's hear some arguments for Jalen Samuels or uh, Allen Robinson. Yeah, I, don't I jump. Would, I would, that, I nobody, Samuels. somebody jump in. Jeez. I want Samuels, uh, A. <laughs> Rob. Uh, he's he's just been so inconsistent this year. Uh, and Jalen Samuels, uh, let me roll with the hot hand, especially if you know, uh, like we said, we expect Roethlisberger to be healthy. We expect. Um, you know, you expect Jalen Samuels kind of role to kind of to continue. Stephen Ridley had a decent amount of points, but um, didn't really get as many snaps. I yeah, Samuels has you know Jalen Samuels has the uh, the snap share the the whatever you however you want to look at it. You know, he out touched Stephen Ridley by a lot. Did yeah. Ridley vulture a touchdown? Yes. But I'm still I out of if I have to pick one of those three, I'm picking Jalen Samuels. And, and real quick, one la- one last thing for me, and then I'll let Mike and John talk. Uh, the Patriots shut down your best weapon, which means that AB and Juju are going to be shut down. So they're not going to spend as much time focusing on Jalen Samuels because he's easily the third option on that that offense. So I, I agree with that too, James. I, I'm. This question, my, my answer is Jalen Samuels, especially if Big Ben's hurt. He's not going to want to take any hits. It's going to be a lot of dump offs. He's not going to be sitting in the pocket for five seconds waiting for these guys to get downfield or throwing bombs. A lot of dump offs to Jalen Samuels, plus all the running back. He's going to get a lot of runs too. Uh, I'm uh, Allen Robinson has been a very good receiver in spot, you know, spot catches. He's making Trubisky look good, which is kind of hard to do. But uh, I'm I'm going Jalen Samuels in this one also. Yeah, and I'll make it four for four. The only way you're going to get me to play A-Rob over Samuels is if Connor is back this week and Samuels reverts to his backup role. But assuming Connor's out, this is easy, Samuels. Yeah. Next question. Okay, so this is – we have one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five players here. And uh, there are no, no specifics, but the names we have Dante, uh, Dante Pettis, Curtis Samuel – Josh Reynolds, Cortland Sutton, or Deshaun Hamilton. Um, I guess we'll just rank these five um, in the order that we would start them. Um, 
I guess. Uh, if it's me, uh, in this order, I like Pettis, Hamilton, uh, Reynolds, then Curtis Samuel, then Cortland Sutton. Uh, Sutton might not – I'm not going to say he might – He's hurt a little bit. I'm not. Yeah. The injury report said he's questionable. I'm not. I don't know how severe that injury is. So, um, I'm not sure on that one. I uh, Deshaun Hamilton is somebody I've liked. I've been waiting for him to get a shot for a while. So he's my uh, probably uh, close to the top list on that on this yeah. on this so, one. John, just real quick, Sutton. Uh, he did not practice today, mm-hmm. but he is likely to play this weekend. Okay. So I don't know if that changes your opinion on him or not, but continue with, uh, with, uh, the with rest of them. The rest of them are all a wash. I'm not going to, you know, this far down the list with these guys, they're yeah. all going to get around the same. So I'm not, you know, you could pick and throw them, put them on the side of a dice and roll them on a table and <laughs> figure which one you pick. You know, they're all about the same. Okay. Yeah. For me, he's got five guys pretty much all in the flex ranking for me this week. I'm um, assuming sudden place. He's the highest one for me then. Curtis Samuel right behind him, then Pettis. Um, you know, Sutton's got the target shared. You know, he's going to get the most of the targets with this injured Emmanuel Sanders. Denzel Ward's still in the concussion protocol, so we'll see if he plays or not. Samuel's against the Saints. I just kind of keep going back to that matchup there. But Pettis is kind of a the sneaky one. Last couple of weeks, he's played really well. Seattle has struggled against the outside receiver. If you want to go for the upside, I think he'd be the one to play. Pettis yeah. with the high, highest ceiling. Yeah, I think so. These yeah. guys are all from like nine to twelve points. I think they're all with right in the same same category for me. Seth, what do you think? Yeah, um, uh, for me, this one's real easy based on the last three games. Um, I'm going Dante Pettis, Curtis Samuel, um, one and two. Just just throw something out there real quick um, about Dante Pettis. He is doing better than just uh, pretty good right now. He's actually outscoring Antonio Brown over the past uh, from week 11 to 40, uh, an average oh, per game. So <laughs> he, ha- he has 20.4 in three games versus Antonio Brown's 19.6 in four games. So, yeah, he's he's doing better than just pretty good. He's actually the you have Cooper Hilton, Juju, Allen, Hill, Adams, Julio Jones, Dante Pettis. So well, he had he had seventeen points in one game and twelve points the next or something like that. And he had one big game in the middle. So I don't. Yeah, but I'll, I'll take it. Like I, I'm I'm definitely rolling that out. You know, versus versus any of these other guys like a. You know, a Josh Reynolds who, yeah, he could have a great game or he could give me trash. Sutton, I mean, Sutton's proved that he either has, like, it's a great game or it's a trash game. And I feel bad, like, talking bad about Sutton right now because I, I had a lot of faith in him going into this one, but he was hurt. And, I mean, it's – I actually – I'm putting Deshaun Hamilton above Sutton. So am um, I. Because I think Hamilton's role doesn't change, whereas like Sutton, he could be the number one or not. I think Tim Patrick was kind of a fluke because of just the the role, the way the game went, um, and would Sutton get hurt? So I think Deshaun Hamilton, his role is just going to be the same thing. I think he's going to be uh, a pretty reliable target. 
in in Denver, and I think Sutton is the guy that you're kind of rolling the dice with because that's what it's been the whole year. So, I think Sutton Sutton's a number one, but he's not ready to be a number one yet. I think Deshaun yep. Hamilton's going to get all these under under. I'm going to say Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick are going to be sharing a lot of the underneath roles, but uh, it's uh, I, I, Sutton's going to be. He's not used to the, the tight coverage with number one corners, and it's going to be Hamilton. I think it's going to shine for a couple of weeks until maybe even until next year until Sutton really is up to is up to par with it, where, where he needs to be in that position. Yeah. So so real quick, my. My five are Dante Pettis, number one, Curtis Samuel, number two, Hamilton, number three, uh, Sutton, four, and then Reynolds, five. Good two, stuff. Two quick things. One, Pettis's big game this year was two weeks ago against Seattle. In Seattle, we had five for a buck 30 and two touchdowns. Now he gets to face him at home with Marquise going supposedly or hopefully going to be playing, taking attention away over the top. Therefore, I think we're going to have another good game out of him there. So I actually want to move him up to one for me. And why I think Hamilton's having success is with Sanders going out, he's now stepping into that kind of role underneath, getting the targets, and Sutton's getting the attention as the de facto, quote-unquote, number one receiver. Um, You know, he probably saw plenty of Richard Sherman when he was on the field last week. Hamilton's doing that kind of dirty stuff that he did at Penn State. Case Keenum, we all know, is like to be checked down Charlie to the slot. He did the last year with Adam Thielen in Minnesota. So Hamilton, I think, is a safer play. The only reason I have Sutton ranked above Hamilton this week is because Sutton does have the upside, like we talked about, trash game, great game. So safer play, Hamilton, more upside Sutton. But either way, I'm playing Pettis over both. Yep. I like it. I like it as well. Uh, all right, last question comes in a, the form of hit me with some defenses that can be used for Week 16. Um, so let's operate, Seth, you actually put this out there. Let's operate under the assumption, um, you know, you don't have a squad like the bears or, you know, one of the top defenses, let's say you're, you're streaming here. So what, who are you guys looking to stream this week and why? An up and down defense that everybody that has been way overrated this year is the Jaguars. And, um, they're everybody thinks of the Jaguars of old that they stop everyone. They're not the same team, but this week they're playing a beat up Washington defense or the beat up Washington team anyway. And uh, I, I, I think Jacksonville's a good start. Uh, the, everybody's good against Buffalo and um, the bears against green Bay, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Although with the new coaching, Aaron, they looked pretty good last week with uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers calling his own plays. I, you know, I, I don't know what was going on there, but uh, all of a sudden they found an offense. So, yeah, but, maybe calling his own plays. I'm sure he was. But like, but like Seth said, if you're in the playoffs, you already have a lot of these top ranked teams. So, you know, who do you guys think? I mean, I, I actually like the Bills against the Lions versus the Lions against the Bills. Um, the Bills are at home. That's, that's going to be such a garbage football game. <laughs> Bills play much better at home. But, yeah, I, I, honestly, I agree. It's going to be a very bad football game um, that, you know, literally this game could end like it could be like one of those weird like 12-9 games. 7-5, to five, one of those. 3-10. <laughs> That's, that's assuming somebody is able to score that many field goals. Yeah. Like that, that may be too much yeah. to ask for, right? Yeah. But I like, I like the Bills as well. Uh, the Lions have two guys, Galladay and 
Carryon Johnson, who knows if Carryon's going to play, and Galladay's just been a funk, and they got your Davis White. That's one of my streamers. Um, you know, we talked about the Jaguars, the Redskins, you know, Josh Johnson, a whole banged-up team. They also had the coin. The Redskins' defense has actually been healthy. I know last week was just god-awful, and there's all kinds of locker room and team issues going on there. But, again, Jacksonville, it's Cody Kessler and the Misfit Toys. So, other than Leonard Fournette, that's an appealing option as well. I'm yeah. gonna throw one team out there, uh, and just what do you? I don't know what you guys think, but Atlanta, they're at home against Arizona. Um, Arizona's just been terrible. I feel like that could be a sneaky play there. Yeah, yeah. I like it more. Oh, don't don't point. sound too enthused, guys. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I like it more in the league if you get like extra points for sacks or whatever else because yeah. that's where I think they'll make their hay. Um, I just don't – they're terrible against running backs. I expect a big game out of DJ. Fitz should have a field day going against whoever they stuck out there in the slot. It's it's certainly appealing on paper. I just worry that this Falcons team is mailed in and the defense is all banged up and they just don't get enough pressure to warrant playing. Yeah, they Arizona, they – Rosen's not doing very well. Fitz is okay. That you know, the it's it's a good it's a good call. That's a very good call for a, for a streamer defense that's not ranked in the top five, seven, nine. That's a very good call. I, I another I guess the Vikings defense who doesn't look very good against, of course, my Dolphins. But <laughs> Dolphins haven't really been doing much too much lately, besides miracle plays. So that's a good one for that's one I would choose also if I if. The Vikings haven't been playing that well, so they might be available somewhere. Yeah, but Gronk's not going to be playing safety for the Vikings this week, so don't, <laughs> don't expect oh, another miracle. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out here, and uh, I want I want I want you guys' take on it. I'm gonna throw out playing the Chargers this Thursday night against the Chiefs. Again, in the league where you get extra points for sacks and turnovers, I like it, but you're going to lose all kinds of points on the yardage and the score. So here, here's my thought about that, right, is in week one when they played, the Chargers' defense was decimated by injuries. They didn't have, um, they didn't have a starting cornerback. They didn't have – I think it was a starting safety. They didn't have Joey Bosa. They, like, they had a lot of key pieces missing in that offense. And they held Kelsey to only one reception for six yards. They held Mahomes to only 15 completions and 256 yards. He was in those 15 completions able to get uh, four touchdowns, two of which going to Tyreek Hill. So if Hill can't play because Hill is actually nursing an injury too, it looks like he might be able to play but he's nursing a heel injury. Um, if he's actually in more pain than they led on to, and he can't play, Sammy Watkins is out. That leaves Chris Conley and Calvin Benjamin. Yeah, Don't and, and then at running back, <laughs> we, we didn't even mention that Spencer Ware left with what, what what appeared to be like a shoulder injury. So they're without Kareem Hunt possibly without Spencer Ware, that means Damian Williams and Sharkandrick West are their running backs. Is is this the game where 
Pat Mahomes and this Chief Chiefs offense get stuck in the mud because they don't like it, if Tyree Kill can't play, Sammy Watkins can't play. Uh, you're left with Chris Conley and God knows who else. Please not Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> and whatever and, else, yeah. And Kelsey, Kelsey shut down by the Chargers. Is is it possible? And and, and not is it possible? But like, it, if these injuries happen, would you start the Chargers against the Chiefs? There is a lot of ifs in that rant there, Seth, but. Yes, if the Chiefs are absolutely decimated by injuries, we're talking. More, most importantly, no Tyree because Sammy Watkins is not going to play. Yeah. I'm not that worried about Spencer. Or if he does, it does not play. It's, it's a major downgrade from Hunt, obviously, and from him to West and Williams is, you know, small, not that big of a deal. But mainly, if Tyree Kill does not play, then I do think the Chargers are appealing option because I think between Duran James and the linebackers they got, they could take Kelsey out of the games we saw in week one. He had like one catch for six yards or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And if they do that and there's no Tyree Kill on the outside, then I think they're – honestly, I think they're top ten play, or maybe even top five because they'll get pressure with Bosa and Melvin Ingram. And if, you know, Mahomes can't go to Kelsey and he doesn't have Tyreek, we're going to rely on, you know, Donut Boy Bunch, uh, Benjamin and, you know, Carl Robinson and whatnot. I'm not, so – yeah, but again, that's a lot of what ifs in there. I mean, I, 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 go go ahead, go ahead, John. I want to hear you. Take it. That's this is my Super Bowl preview. My uh, this is who I think is going to be the two matchups in the Super Bowl. So uh, this is I, I love watching this game. I can't wait to see it again, and I think they'll see the third time in the Super Bowl. Is my predictions. They uh, even with the injuries, I think even with everybody healthy, I think it'll still be a close game. I like it. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a close game. I just. Uh, I, I don't know if I if I'm real desperate at defense, and and it's and it's the playoffs. Like I I would be nervous to do it, but if like if if I felt my starters gave me a, a safe enough floor and defenses are you know kind of hit or miss, I, I I think I would roll the Chargers out there to be like you know what I'm I'm swinging for the fences here because if if it, I think uh, I think it all hinges on Tyreek Hill. It totally does. No Tyreek, I like it. Tyreek, forget it. Mm. It's that simple. Man, that's a lot to unpack there. I I don't hate it. It's a it's a bold play. Very high risk, very high reward. I'm, um, I'm still throwing out there though. I think you can expect not like people are talking about this game is like. Travis Kelsey will have 20 receptions for 400 <laughs> yards. I mean, he might. Yeah, if he's playing mad on the sideline, he might. Yeah. Like, I just – the Chargers shut him down. It's tough to shut down a guy like Kelsey, but it happens. And I think the Chargers – I mean, if anything, even if the Chargers DST isn't a good play, I think Kelsey and Mahomes – are getting, I think they're going to put a lot of playoff teams because a lot of teams are in the playoffs because they have Kelsey, who's the number one tight end, and a lot of teams are in the playoffs because they have the Mahomes, who's the number one quarterback. I think a lot of teams in the playoffs are going to be struggling after Thursday night because I don't, I don't think Mahomes is going to play. I, I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to be the golden child like i think eventually he has to come down to earth a little bit uh and and i think that i think it 
think it's I think it's this Thursday. I totally agree. If Tyreek does not play, Tyreek plays. I'm not with you at all. Um, the biggest reason why the Chargers drafted Derwin James is specifically for Travis Kelsey. Remember last year in the season opener, Eric Berry totally eliminated Gronk. Well, Derwin James is a mini me version of Eric Berry. They drafted him specifically for Travis Kelsey. If there's no Tyreek Kill, Kelsey gets eliminated from the game. You're right. You're gonna have a lot of playoff teams scrambling after Thursday because Mahomes is gonna be what. 13, 14 points if Kelsey gets shut out and there's no Tyreek. So. That, that would be – yeah, it's a, it's going to be a fun Thursday night game, that's for sure. Uh, and one last quick note about news here. Uh, we've got some Saturday games this week and actually uh, next week. So make sure you're double-checking lineups, uh, you know, Friday night, early Saturday morning. Make sure you don't leave anybody uh, on the bench. Um Let's get into the the guys that we're moving up and guys that we're moving down. Um, a lot of big performances last week. Derrick Henry, Amari Cooper. Um, man, what uh, what a breakout that was for Derrick Henry! Just you know, thirteen weeks too late. Um, let's just well, let's run through this real quick. I got nothing. I got nothing. No, that, I, I was. I'm, I'm sure everyone else was just as surprised that I was to see Derrick Henry just steamrolling Thursday night. That was awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's ridiculous that people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe people didn't see this coming. And it's like, really? <laughs> yeah, really? Like, first of all, on, on that run that he had, like people are like, he looks like Marshawn Lynch. No, he doesn't. Marshawn Lynch looked like a completely different animal on the field. This one, it looks like Jacksonville just gave up and reverted to like peewee football. Like they're literally throwing themselves at his chest. Yeah. Like, Let's try to tackle the monster running back up high. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 not to take away from Derrick Henry because he uh, to run ninety nine yards and stiff arm people because that's all he did was stiff arm. It was like playing against your little brother in Madden and they only know to push the one button. Like they haven't figured <laughs> out there's like a juke button or like a spin button or anything like that. Like it's literally just like stiff arm, stiff arm, stiff arm. That's what Derrick Henry did the whole way. Um, not to take anything away from him, but it, it it wasn't anything that anybody could see coming because he's literally been terrible this whole time. And I think he's going to continue to be not very productive for fantasy players. So, Every, yeah. Everybody out at work at, you know, at my kids sports were like, yeah, I played against Derrick Henry or I had Derrick Henry, but I had him on a bench or, you know, a guy, this dummy sat at Derrick Henry in round one of the playoffs. I'm like, Everybody and her mother said Derrick Henry. Nobody, there might have been somebody who had was so decimated with injuries, they had no choice but to start Derrick Henry, and he got lucky. That's the only way anybody had Derrick Henry in their lineup. Yeah, yeah. If, if you were uh, rostering, you know, Melvin Gordon and Kareem Hunt like me, I would have loved to had Derrick Henry and started him. You would have loved half of what Derrick Henry did. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Anyway, and the funny thing is, he wasn't even the highest score of the week. Amari Cooper and Dan near dropped fifty. I know what a good night. Cowboys. Oh, All right, let's run through these real quick. Let's talk about guys that we're moving up, guys that we're moving down after last week. Seth, let's uh, let's run through the quarterback position real quick. Who are you moving up and who are you moving down? Yeah, I'll hit mine real quick because I already talked about both of them. Um, I actually think Matt Ryan's going to have himself a fantastic day uh, back in Atlanta. 
Um, back in the dome, he's going to put in work against the the Cardinals um, because that Cardinals defense is just really bad outside of Patrick Peterson. Um, and then in terms of moving down, I mentioned a little bit. It's it, this is not I'm like don't play him, but I think. Pat Mahomes is going to underwhelm this week. Um, and by underwhelming, that means instead of scoring, you know, 20 to 30 to 40 points, uh, I think you're gonna get I think you're gonna get his lowest his lowest point total or t- close to his lowest point total, which is about 15 points. Um, so yeah, those are those are my two. Moving up, Matt Ryan, and not not moving down. Just just lowering my expectations. Being prepared for Pat Mahomes to potentially have a a bad game. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Mike, who are you moving up? Who are you moving down? Okay, well, I'll do down first. We kind of brief talked about this earlier. Uh, Winston, you know, the hot game stretch is over. The next two matchups are against Baltimore and Dallas, two of the tougher teams against QBs. Unless you're playing week 17, which you shouldn't be, then you get the Falcons. It's a good matchup. Uh, you got better options on the waiver wire, I'm sure. And if you're streaming the position, Derek Carr against Cincinnati is probably a better option this week. Baltimore's tough. I just don't want nothing to do with Winston. The guy I'm moving up, uh, Jared Goff. I know – Last week, you would have been better off playing his backup, Sean Mannion, who got zero points versus Goff's negative point three. <laughs> Damn near lost a wow. league on that one. So thanks, Jared, if you're listening. Um, not too hard, but you should. You tell all your fantasy fans how sorry you are that you literally played worse than a guy who didn't see the field. But I'll stop ranting now. Um, the it's last week, defense. You could get one bloody point. <laughs> one. Or at least get zero, not in the negatives, okay? The backup did better. But anyways, um, he has struggled the last couple weeks. You know, week before, he got like eight points or whatever. But before the bye, he was on a roll. And this week, they got Philly, who let Dak Prescott go off for 24 despite turning the ball over three times. The Eagles secondary is an absolute mess, banged up, terrible, whatever adjective you want to put on it. Uh, Golf, to me, is a top-two play. Ooh, wow. Two. Bold. I yeah. like it. All I, right. I disagree with top two, but wow, that is, that is impressive. I would not be surprised if the Rams come out this week. Sean McVay's pissed that the whole thing was a mess last week, and Goff goes off for five touchdowns. They want to show the Super Bowl champions that, hey, you know, you guys ain't squat. We're going to come in. They're nine-point favorites, and I fully expect them to blow them out by double digits. Wow. I'd I, I bet you a hometown beer. <laughs> that that he is nowhere near that he's not in the top five. I'll even give you some room. Okay, I'll take Deal. that. I'll take that bet too. Done. All right. Two two hometown beers. You you pay the shipping though. Don't worry, I got high life to coming your way. <laughs> I'll just pay you the money. You guys can get it yourself. <laughs> All uh, right, John, who are you moving up and moving down this week? Right I got Jared Goff. I'm moving up also. It's just his weekly show, and last week there's absolutely no way he's going to replicate what happened last week. Yeah. He's a California kid. It was, in, it was freezing cold here. It wasn't much wind, but it was like at night it was 20 degrees. Uh, you know, you could see that the Rams are just out of place on the field. They they, they were looked like they were a bunch of grammar school kids who never played at a cold before. 
It was uh, it was an ugly game. The Bears defense was the played out of their mind in the right place, the right time, hitting them in the mouth the whole time. Jared Goff's going to make a big bounce back this week. And uh, I'm moving down Jameis Winston. The guy, we talked about that before. He's playing against Baltimore. Uh, it's, he's uh, just nobody has good games against Baltimore in a passing attack. So I'm, I'm moving Jared. I'm moving Winston down. Who, who I hey, He has impressed me the last couple of games, but this week is a different story. Yeah, I'm also moving Jameis Winston down my list. Uh, I'm moving up Ryan Tannehill after a big week in week 14. Yeah. I expect uh, – don't get too excited. <laughs> I do expect uh, – not expect, but I'm, I'm hopeful that he continues this run and uh, you know stay, stays healthy and produces like uh, he's supposed to. Uh, running backs, we've talked a lot about uh, most of these guys. But, uh, Seth, who are you moving up? Who are you moving down? Um, I mean, in terms of running backs, there's, there's just so many players out there that are in just weird situations. Um, so, I mean, I really like Justin Jackson. I think moving him up is going to be a great play. Um, especially because it looks like Gordon and Eckler are both going to be out, which means they're literally just left with Justin Jackson. Um, and I expect the um, the Chiefs defense to be just as porous as they always are, and that should open up a lot for Justin Jackson. And then in terms of moving down, uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, yes, he played absolutely incredible. Um, but that does not mean you go, oh, I had him on my bench and he was great and I just barely survived the playoffs. I need to play Derrick Henry because you're most likely going to be out of the playoffs next week if you play Derrick Henry. So those are my two. I'm going to push back on Henry a little bit. Yes, he's not going to put up the whatever was 40-some-odd points again, but the Giants are terrible against the run since they traded away Snacks Harrison. He is outside my top 30, but if you, you know, been killed by the injury bug at running back, Connor, Gordon, the Hunt situation, et cetera, you could do worse. But again, it's a very risky play that you could hopefully pay up to get 12 points, but it's risky. There's just so many other people that I would rather play than Henry. That, that, that's kind of what it is. Is It's more of a cautionary tale of, yes, he scored a ton. Yes, next to no one played him. Like, yes, those are all facts. And, yes, that sucks if you, you know, eked out a playoff win, which you would have just absolutely decimated a guy if you had Derrick Henry in your lineup. But that does not mean that this week you should put Derrick Henry in your lineup unless you have somebody that is like, you know, he's like, who would I start? I would start Derrick Henry over Deion Lewis. Yes. Like, I would start Derrick Henry over, um, geez, who are some other terrible backs in that range? Um, I would I would start Derrick Henry over Zach Zenner. You know what? You know <laughs> yeah. here, here's the here's the perfect segue to John. I think I might start Derrick Henry over Elijah Maguire. You're and high. John, that's the person you're propping up. <laughs> I think I, you know what? I, 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 think I, I might do it. I agree. You agree? I say, crawls in a walking boot. I, Elijah Maguire has been in practice either. Yes, he'll be fine. 
<laughs> he, he called me and told me he'd be fine. He personally claimed it. Don't remember on everything. Glenn making an appearance on the show this week. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, 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 McGuire will be okay. I think they're just giving him a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of rest. Uh, what was his ailments? Because that's all I heard was he was a little bit sore, but nothing. I didn't hear anything big out of out of him. Not like Crowell in a walking boot. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what's up with McGuire. Just know none of their backs practiced today. They spent the whole time and you know. Shotgun five receiver sets because nobody was healthy. I just don't like the matchup. The Texans are tough against the run. I'd rather have Derrick Henry, who's a monster and plays better as the we get later in the year. Remember last year after DeMarco got hurt, he played well the last couple weeks in the playoffs against a Giants team that doesn't have any run defense. So, yeah, I, I agree that's a tough matchup versus the Texans, but it's uh, they've been saving McGuire, you know, all year long in the IR. He's finally back. He's got a chance to shine now. They know they're not keeping. Uh, Crowell next year, so this is. Let, let's see what you got here, kid. This what we this what we kept you for. Um, so I'm I, there's nobody else really on a depth chart besides him anyway, and uh, I, I'm Aguirre's my move up for the week. Even though I don't expect him to be a top five, top ten, probably somewhere around like seventeen, maybe fifteen to twenty range. But uh, that's uh, that's why I think is and, and with an upside too. That's why I think even against a tough defense. That yeah, negative game good. script could be working in his favor. He does catch the ball quite well out of the backfield. It's I don't hate it. Sam Darnold, though, but uh... I don't hate it. There are there are worse options out there. Yes. yes. Would you go Elijah McGuire or Jordan Howard? Uh, I'd go Derrick Henry. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I honestly don't like either. If Crowell not playing, then McGuire because just the volume factor, but. Just, oh, that's yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well, last, what, who, who are you? Who are you moving down this week? I am moving down all the Indianapolis backs. It's a yeah. tough situation there for them too. Um, they they split the ball too much. First of all, they never you never really know who's getting it all the time, and then they have a tough versus Dallas. I don't want to hear anything about Dallas, Seth, but a tough Dallas defense. Um, I, I Indy is. I'm moving all the Indy backs down this week. Yeah. Uh, Mike, we'll, we'll, we'll bounce over to you because you're actually going to talk about one of the indie backs as well. So who are you moving up? Who are you moving down? Yeah, I'm moving down Marlon Mack. I'm with John here. The Colts running back situation is just not pretty. They're not passing it. And the matchup's not that great this week. So, I, you know, it's been a weird stretch for Mack over the last five games. He's failed to score nine and a half or more in three of them. You know, the Cowboys are tough against the run. We saw what they did against the Eagles backs last week. And I just think this game, honestly, is going to result in, I don't want to say a duel between Andrew Luck and Dak Prescott, but I think both QBs go over 300 yards again this week. So I think that's the the biggest problem with the Indy backs is that Andrew Luck is just fantastic. You know, they don't need a running game. He walks in there and he's just, he's the whole team. He's everything. And none of the guys do anything. I'm not going out any Bron. <laughs> We're not going down that route yet. So. Get back in line. <laughs> um, so I so didn't miss those. Oh god, I'm so glad I didn't talk about Eric Ebron for the last month. My wife shakes me. My wife shakes me in the middle of the night and says, "Stop talking about Eric Ebron." I had nightmares about the guy every day. <laughs> and those would be lovely dreams if you just listened to me in the beginning of the year. Super cheap. Hey, 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 listen to me too. I was on board. Not as crazy as Seth was. Seth wanted to marry the man, but you know, I, I was I'm, a fan. 
I'm going to run this victory lap the entire year. Just let you guys know that. We already, we already know. Don't worry. He's going to run wait. so much, his shoes are going to burn out from underneath him. It's the, it's the only working out I do now is just running victory laps for Eric Ebron. How big is your arm right now for patting yourself in the back all season long? I, I got pretty flexible. He's telling you that, but really his rotator cuff tore and he doesn't even care. He's thinking more so he can do it some more. Let's get yes, back on track. Focus um, here, people. So, and again, Matt, the problem with Mac and all the indie backs, like John, you said, Angelo throws so much. And unless they get somebody who's a real difference maker, this isn't going to change for next year. Um, the guy I'm propping up is Doug Martin. And while that's not the sexiest name to start in the playoffs, he has scored in three straight games. During that span, he leads the team in snaps and carries. John Grunin seems to love him. He's the only guy on the team he won't trade away, no matter what you offer, apparently. Um, we went over the cue ball Hugh comments earlier about how the Bengals haven't won since Hugh's been hired to coach, air quote here, the defense. <laughs> Bengals suck against the run. They've quit on the team. The Raiders are coming off their best win of the year. I just think you're going to get a big game out of Martin. They've got eight rushing touchdowns over the last five games, the Bengals. It's a, uh, you know, I got him in the flex range, but honestly, he's probably got RB2 upside. So I will see your three-game touchdown streak, and I will raise you a five-game touchdown streak because the running back that I'm propping up is Nick Chubb, and he has scored a touchdown in five straight games. And he's also uh, a top-ten running back every week. But, okay, let's prop up the top, what, seven, eight? <laughs> yeah, why not? I missed the last month. What the hell? You're behind the <laughs> you didn't watch football. You didn't know what happened. That's why. He's got a mulligan. Yeah, I'm too busy adulting. Wait do you see the wide receiver I'm propping up. You guys are going to love that. Um, yeah. You know, Nick, Nick Chubb comes in. He's got a, you know, he, he has a great uh, fantasy football playoff schedule. He's got the Broncos this week and then the, the lowly Bengals next week. So you're going to trot him out there. I expect the streak to continue. I expect to at least another touchdown in the next two weeks. Um. I'm dropping you're, down. And you're popping David. up. You're propping up Michael Thomas, right? <laughs> no, and it gets better. Better than Michael <laughs> Thomas. Just wait. Um, I am actually dropping. I'm uh, moving DJ down my list. I know he's got a favorable matchup with Atlanta this week, but uh, the, the Arizona is just terrible and should be avoided. All skill play. All skill players at all costs. Just avoid. 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 Yeah. Uh, I, I would not touch DJ and. Yeah redraft playoffs right now but i'm gonna throw him a look in dfs because the falcons defense they're getting better which is kind of sad to say like now in december but um they're getting a little bit better but yeah no i'm uh i'm, I'm staying away from dj if i if i have the option to yeah don't blame you all right so let's go over to wide receivers seth do you want to put a few more names in this, in, in your little topic here about wide receivers that you're moving up, because right now you're at three. <laughs> How about um, we pick one? Can you do that? I mean, next time. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say all three and just go through it real quick. Uh, guaranteed, it'll, it'll be fast. Promise. Uh, We're timing this because they're they're all relatively top guys, anyways, and they just are continuing really good matchups or bouncing back. So Oh yeah, you guys dump all over me when I want to prop up Nick Chubb, but here comes Seth yeah. talking about three top 12 wide receivers. Uh, but the problem is last week only one of them was top 12 and they were number 12. Uh, and that's Keenan Allen. I prop I was 
Uh, high on Keenan Allen last week. He produced the 12th best wide receiver numbers in PPR. Um, and he has another really good game coming up against the Chiefs. So I'm going to ride with Keenan Allen. And then I think Diggs and Thielen rebound, even though it seems like Thielen's still reeling from a little bit of an injury. Um, I definitely think the Vikings re- uh, rebound playing against the Dolphins. And yes, this goes against John's uh, favorite team. Um, and it also goes against um, Kirk Cousins' record against winning teams because the, the Dolphins just miraculously made it into that winning team's kind of bracket. Uh, but I think Thielen and Diggs come back. I think Minnesota, uh, they go home, they recoup, they get things right. And Thielen, um, Thielen or Diggs is going to have a just absolutely phenomenal game. The Dolphins have an underrated secondary. They give up a lot of points, but they have they do have an underrated secondary. Yeah, Xavier Howard and Cordell Tankersley is one of the better young corner duos in the league that gets no credit, though Howard's dealing with an injury. So I do oh, like feel oh, a little bit more yeah. than Diggs. Is, is Howard going to be out again, though? Ah, Howard's going to be out again. That means whoever's not – like if I'm, if I'm Kirk Cousins, I'm thrown to whoever, you know, whoever's on the, the replacement for Xavier Howard. You know they move him. They move Mika Fitzpatrick all over the place too, and he's a he's a good cover. He's good. I mean, he's a really good, almost everything for that team. He's a great, one of the best picks they've had in a long time. Yeah, which is insane. Like we don't go down that road. Oh, that had to be said. See, I, I was quick. Now look, now look at John talking about his Dolphins. So oh, is it excellent? That's why it went wrong. Went long there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Seth. What what uh what, what wide receivers? How many wide receivers are you moving down, and which ones are they? You know what? I'm uh, I I wrote one thing on the the show sheet, and I'm just gonna go completely different here. Going wrong uh, here. I'm I, I'm just gonna go with uh what was his name? Tim Patrick, the Broncos' third wide receiver. There. Yeah. Um. I I think he had a great game because. Sutton was a little banged up, and Sutton wasn't doing what he should have been doing. Um, I think Hamilton is still a decent play, like we mentioned earlier in the show. I think Sutton is an okay play, even though he's going to be going up against probably the number one corners. I think he's still decent. I think um, uh, what's his name, Tim Patrick was. I, I think that was a fluke. Um, yeah. So I, I'm going against that. I think you cannot rely on him at all. I wouldn't be putting any any waiver claims or any fab money towards um, towards any really any Broncos guys because I think at this point Sutton's owned, Hamilton should be owned, which means that your only option is uh, Patrick. So skip it. All right, Mike, who are you moving up? Who are you moving down? Well, I'm moving up Dante Pettis, but we kind of already went on a marathon about him and how well he's played lately, so I'll just skip that. Oh, um, so you're moving up the 12th best receiver over the <laughs> oh. Yes, the guy who has not was not drafted in the top 25 picks. Yes, I am not moving him up. I am moving him up. <laughs> and the guy I'm moving down is Kenny Galladay because while the number of targets he should be getting – you know, makes you think, oh, we're going to play him. But the Lions offense has been an absolute mess. Sorry, Pat. Um, and he gets Tredavious hey. White this week. So I just – you might have to play him purely upon the volume and the name aspect. But if you can get away with benching him, you might want to do that. 
You don't have to apologize here. I was actually quite upset. Uh, we'll talk real football for a, a few minutes here. I was actually quite upset the Lions won because them winning dropped them from uh, mocking it fourth overall to now 10th overall. So you've got a garbage team winning a garbage football game, costing themselves a chance at a great football player. Way to go, guys. Way to go. Unfortunately, the Lions aren't alone there. Like, there are so many garbage teams that won. I know, and the garbage teams keep losing. Why can't the Lions just keep losing? (laughs) Just lose. (laughs) Just be ahead of the curve. Just lose. Just lose. Stafford's (laughs) questionable. Why is he playing? Galladay's questionable. Why is he playing? Slay, questionable. Why is he playing? You sit those guys, you lose to Arizona, and you're drafting in the top five. You're getting a very good player there. Yeah. But and you, more importantly, you're going to get a player. You're going to need a position. Yeah. Yeah, right. Especially right. Donaldson probably leaving. All right, rant, rant over. Let's go back to fantasy football. Um, John, who are you moving up? Who are you moving down? I don't want to hear about top five guys and none of that stuff, okay? Because I'm taking Juju, <laughs> and I just, he's been up and down all all year. He's been kind of you know thirty point game, a ten point game, a twenty point game, a nine point game. He's he's kind of been up and down, and he had a big game last week. But like we talked about earlier, the, the Patriots go after the team's best players. They're going to go after Antonio Brown, and they just can't cover two people. They're not. They don't. I don't think they're built to to cover two excellent receivers like this. If they shut down one guy, it's going to be Antonio Brown, and and, and this will be a game where Juju's just going to be run wild on on the Patriots defense. Uh, that's that's what I think is, is that's my prop up for this week. Anyway, it's kind of a no brainer. He always, he always usually eats anyway, but like I said, he's been up and down every other game. This will be a two game in a rower. And then, uh, uh go Pat, ahead. Just, just real quick. You're you kind of lied there over the last three weeks. The only guy who scored more points at receivers than Juju is Amari Cooper. So he's not top five. He's top two, but go ahead. <laughs> he had 10 points against the Chargers. And he had 35 <laughs> points each. The other That's what team. I said. He had 47, 45, <laughs> what, 10. He took a game off, let AB had a crack at being the number one receiver for another week. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're, fired. you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. You're fired. You got to get paid. <laughs> this is volunteer work otherwise. I'm, oh, I'm wow. A, is, wow. You just fired. Volunteer work. <laughs> I'm not in charge anyway, so I can't fire anybody. But <laughs> I'm moving down. Kenny Stills, uh, big game last week. I, usually he works pretty well with Tannehill, but I uh, I don't see it this week. I um, there. Uh, it's just something that he has a good week, and then he flops. He's just another guy who's kind of been up and down all season long. Um, they're playing Minnesota, number one passing defense. Uh, this is a week where Kenny Stills, I expect him to get shelved. Yeah, especially with Xavier Rhodes coming and probably shadowing him. It's, you know, like you said, Kenny Stills one week, 28 points, next week, 2.8. So, yes, brutal. Uh, All right. I am propping up, and I'm going to take a lot of heat for this because he was wide receiver one this week, but I'm propping up Amari Cooper. Oh, Oh, look at me. Yeah, wide receiver one. Cowboys. He has just been unreal since coming over to Dallas, and I expect that to continue. Um, I don't expect 49 points, but I do expect him to be a top three wide receiver. Is that, Jerry, forward. is that Jerry Jones just saying, hey, listen, guys, I spent a number one pick. You better make sure this son of a whatever gets the ball every time he gets a chance, or is that Amari Cooper is just this good and he he got buried in Oakland? Both. 
I think Oakland is just that bad. Because Oakland's if you, terrible. If you watch Amari Cooper move on the field, you're like, wait, did he do this in Oakland? And you're like, oh, yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, it's Oakland. Yeah, then then they realized that I was throwing the ball to Amari Cooper in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I'm moving down uh, the Tampa Bay wide receivers. I mean, Mike, John, myself, we're all moving down Jameis. If you're moving down Jameis, there's got to be, uh, you know, some downstream effect there, and it's the Tampa Bay wide receivers. I don't like any of them moving forward, uh, at least not week 15. Okay. So, can I just paint a quick picture right here? Because absolutely we, not. We made a lot of <laughs> made a lot of jokes. I'm going to paint it real quick. I'm going to Bob Ross it. Hide a little <laughs> the the moral of the story here, though, is stick with the guys that are winning you games. And the guys that are quick hits, high points here, low points there, those are the guys that you can't trust in the fantasy playoffs because all of us are starting guys that over the past three weeks have been phenomenal. And all of us are dropping down guys that over the past, you know, three, four, five, the entire season are high, low, high, low, high, low, high, low, high, low. So, the, the key detail here is that in the fantasy playoffs, you have to go with the guys that are just producing right now that are your studs, that are the guys that you that got you there. So keep them in. Don't trust Derrick Henry. Okay. Move <laughs> <on>. <laughs> All right, let's move over to tight ends. Uh, Seth, who are you moving up? Who are you moving down? Um... I'm going to start with who I'm moving down because I talked about him real quick already, um, and that's Travis Kelsey. I think that he's, um, I think he's in store for a game where he's not going to be, you know, uh, over 20 points. He'll probably again, he'll probably still be great because he's Travis Kelsey. I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to produce 1.6 PPR points for you like he did in Week One. But I don't think you're getting, I don't think you're getting a twenty-plus game from him. Um, and in terms of moving up, uh, I was gonna throw Jordan Reed out there, but um, not Jordan Reed, but Vernon Davis as an option. Um, but honestly, right now I'm going Ian Thomas. As much as I think Carolina is kind of in just absolute shambles. And I think Cam Newton, I just really like Ian Thomas right now. I think he I think he adds a dimension to this Carolina team that they were looking for. And I, I really don't like the funches that was gonna be a tight end like narrative that some people were painting. Um, so you know what? I'm gonna throw Ian Thomas out there, even though everybody else just about is putting him down. I'm gonna go. I like my boy Ian. Well, if he wasn't playing against New Orleans with number five defense against tight ends, I might uh, put him up too. But I'm putting him down uh, for that reason. Right. Uh, he had a we had a good game. He's filling in for Greg Olson. He had a good game last week. Uh, I think he's uh, he's young. Uh, you know, he he was open last week a lot, and I don't think that's going to replicate this week. You, you know who had a really good game against uh, New Orleans uh, top. Um tight end defense, though? 
Uh, a guy named Cameron Brait who scored two touchdowns, but on two receptions for 12 yards or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, that's not going to happen again. Right, but it proves that it could. And Ian, <laughs> and, and, and Ian Thomas has proved that he's that much more involved in the offense, like already. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. I would say about a million to one. <laughs> we got a we got a better chance of Seth dropping his parade about Eric Ebron and being right than we do about Ian Thomas duplicating Cameron Braid's stat line. So it's you, not going to happen. You know what? That's you know what? That's fine. I, I I revoke Ian Thomas, Eric Ebron. Prop him up. He's going to do it again. Pat, get rid of him. Get out. Yep. It's a, you're fired too. I'm just going to put him on mute for the rest of the episode. Don't worry. Perfect. <laughs> I'll, let uh, me tell you why I'm done. Uh, Ian Thomas, I'm with uh, John here. The matchup's just not pretty. And yes, he played well last week, and I do like Ian Thomas in Dynasty a lot. If you can snag him up, go ahead, because I think he's the next tight end for them with Greg Olson. Make us in retirement. This is the second year in a row that foot issue has been an ongoing issue. He might get a Jason Wynn like deal from a network to go broadcast. So. Uh, but this week, I just don't like it. New Orleans tough on tight ends. You can tack him outside. You can't tack him inside the run, the tight ends. I just I don't want anything to do with it. He's also on my top, like 12 or 13 tight ends. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 can, I can see. I just I feel like it, PPR, he's getting just so many looks. So even if he's, he's going to end up with one of those games where he's going to end up with like, you know, maybe five for 50. That's a 10 point game, but 10 point game puts them as a wide as the tight end 12. Let's, let's not mistake what I said. I, I think that Ian Thomas is going to be a special tight end in this league uh, over, over time. But just this week, I think he's going to be uh, shut down. Yeah. <clears throat> totally with you there, John. 100%. And then uh, as long as we're all on the same Ian Thomas uh, dropping down page, I'm gonna. I'll, <laughs> we're not. But okay. Uh, I'm gonna take a flyer here on CJ Uzama just for another matchup situation. Uh, they're playing Oakland. They have horrible defense against tight ends. Um, I'm expecting CJ Uzama. You know, not to be in the top ten anyway uh, for points. Probably somewhere around ten points, uh, which is pretty decent for tight ends this year. So um, that's my move up for this week. I like that. I got Uzuma as a like top 10 guy this week as well. Next week, he has another good matchup against Cleveland. If you lost uh, Olsen or whatever, you're streaming tight end, he's available. It's not great catching passes from Jeff Driscoll, but matchups are good, so you could do worse. I'm with uh, John here, 10, 11 points probably. We are we are either on each other's back or completely uh, 180 degrees from each other every week. <laughs> yeah, well, you keep copying my stuff, man. It ain't cool. <laughs> There's yeah, a lot of similarities in the show sheet today. And then he tried to fire me and whatnot. Who are you you propping up, Mike? I'm propping up Cameron Bright, even though we just trashed what he did last week. But match was better this week. Uh, He's not playing New Orleans. He's playing a much better matchup against Baltimore. They're really opposite New Orleans. Can't attack him outside against the receivers, but tight ends, they are vulnerable. Um, you know, the last over the last three games, the Ravens have nearly been giving up 20 points a game in PPR to opposing tight ends. With Mike Evans, Godwin Humphreys dealing with Baltimore's pesky corners, I think uh, Winston's going to target Bright plenty. And he should get in the end zone at least once, if not twice. So. Twice on two catches, no less. If he does right. that again, then I'll send you a second beer. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I'm willing to bet Ian Thomas double or nothing. 
Oh boy, great and Uzama. Wanna say that again? I'll I'll go double or nothing. Ian Thomas scores more PPR points than Bray or CJ Uzama. All right, I'll take it. What the hell? Done. Done. <laughs> Boom. We're going. We're going. We're going crazy in the playoffs. <laughs> Bunch of degenerates. <laughs> well, you're in charge, Pat. Why aren't you reeling us back in? I don't know. I I'm too busy looking at the the guy. I, who can I find to prop up that's not in the top five? Uh, <laughs> prop up, uh, George Kittle. No. Uh, that Gronkowski guy. What about him? He's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. No, I actually uh, I'm I'm propping up Evan Ingram. He's back. He's healthy. Um, you know, first game back with the Giants. You know, since uh, since week eleven, he goes three for seventy-seven uh, with OBJ out. Uh, you know, the Giants don't have much to play for. Keep OBJ out. Somebody's got to catch the ball there. I like Ingram moving forward. Pat, you want a part of this, Ian Thomas, over your guy bet? No. Come on. Absolutely not. I want some Detroit beer. Come on. Absolutely not. No. What do you guys think about Evergreen Ingram for the, the long run? I, I I don't know if he's getting lost or he just I understand that last year he was the only he was the only show in town, so he had a thousand targets and a thousand catches and a thousand yards. And this year he's kind of lost in the shuffle. Do you think he's gonna bounce back, you know, maybe I'm not sure even later this season, but next year do you think he'll be a top top yes. five to eight tight end? Yeah. Top five, yes. He he's built like a wide receiver, like, and, and unless the Giants somehow find a way to be more mismanaged, yes, Evan yeah, stays, it, anything there. is possible. It's the OBJ show, or it's a Saquon Barkley show. Screen passes. I don't. I don't know if it's an Eli Manning problem or an Evan Ingram problem or a, a, a too many oh. too many star problem. Uh, All of the above. Honestly, the Giants should take a page from the Colts playbook here. And, and, and it's on Eric Ebron, right? No, and, and have oh, a you're going on even tight end and a tight end that can do some blocking also because you know what having Ingram's in there, he's not going to be doing it. Run more two tight end sets. Have I, a, I, I agree. With that. Outside, Sterling Shepard outside. It's almost like taking a play from the Colts, uh, not the Colts, the Rams playbook. Where they uh, run the formations. I, I kind of grew a set here that they Ingram. I think well, first off, I think Ingram will bounce back next year. Tight ends tend to have whatever kind of rookie year, and then do the opposite second year, and then go back to the norm in year three. Um, he won't go back to what he did last year because again, OBJ's healthy. They got Saquon, Sterling Shepard's healthy. But Seth's right. They need to get another tight end that they can actually put in line and use Ingram like Ebron, de facto wide receiver. They can do that and. Fix Eli by getting rid of Eli, replacing him with who cares who else doesn't matter. Um, he could be a top seven or eight tight end next year, I think. I hope so. And both of their initials are EE. Okay. <laughs> All right, fired. Goodbye. All right, real real quick, I am uh, I'm moving down Gronk after this week. I know we just had a we had a big week, but something you know you talked about earlier about Cam Newton and. You know, possibly being injured, and they're just not—they're not hiding it, or they're not showing it. They're trying to hide it. I look at Gronk, and he just looks like the, he's the walking wounded. Um, this was his be- his best game since week one. He went over a hundred, had a touchdown. Like, I, man, I really—I just—I don't see that moving forward. 
it's not a great schedule for him. They've got the Steelers, then the Bills. Um, I'm just I'm not liking Gronk moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 hard to say, especially after his big week. Um, yeah. Even though all the replays you watch are just him whiffing on Drake. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's the Pets. Every year this time, it's the same argument. Oh, that's it for the Patriots. They're going to dis- disassemble. Everybody's gone, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, they just turn it on the last couple weeks, the last two weeks of the season, the last week of the season, and then throughout the playoffs. It's- and they do just fine. And they do just fine, and I hate it, and I hate the Patriots. <laughs> Cowboys fan, so. Oh my goodness! Uh, well, so that that does it for guys that we're moving up and moving down after week fourteen. Let's take a, a quick peek at the week fifteen schedule. Uh, there are no teams on a bye this week. We have a couple of Saturday games again. Check your lineups daily. Don't get caught having a starter on the bench because you missed a Saturday game. Um, Are we doing Lions again this week? <laughs> that might have to be another show because uh, I don't see any lines in our show sheet here, and uh, uh, I'm not about to look them up. If you, if you know some off the top of your head, feel I free know every one of them. There. I can help you out here. Oh boy, damn, degenerate over there. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, that might be the 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 after hours show with Seth and John. They can just keep this going on Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's run through the games we're looking forward to this week. And, uh, Mike, we'll start with you since you're looking at one of the early slates, one of the early games. Yeah, we, we've talked plenty about the Chargers-Chiefs matchup already, talking about Mahomes, Kelsey, the what-if scenario, thanks to Seth and whatnot. This game's critical. I'm sure you guys have already heard. The winner of this game has control of the AFC West division and the number one seed in the playoffs. The loser of this matchup very well could end up being the wild, the top wild card team. So you go from hosting the playoffs in the first round by to having to go on the road in the opening week. So this game is critical. However, this doesn't necessarily guarantee the winner of this game has a division title. After this week, the Chargers have to play the Ravens and the Broncos, two teams fighting for the playoffs, while the Chiefs get the Seahawks and then the Raiders at home. So this race is probably going to go down to Week 17, which is good because the reason why we all hate Week 17 in fantasy is because guys get pulled, they get benched, and it's just a bunch of preseason knuckleheads going after each other. So this game should be entertaining, but it shouldn't have any long-term impact in terms of Week 17 being boring. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, It should be high scoring. If Tyree Kill doesn't play, that is a big blow because, like we talked about earlier, Seth, I do think Kelsey gets negated in large part, especially if Tyreek does not play, which really will ruin this game and all kinds of betting aspects on it. Uh, I'm hoping it's a it's a good game because those are two teams, you know, coming out of the AFC that uh, could both both make a deep run. And, uh, you, you know, you got the Chargers. Like I said, Bulls is coming back. Chiefs are a little dinged up this time of year. I think it's going to be a – I don't think we're going to see like the uh, – Chiefs Rams game where they put up 150 points and 10,000 yards of offense, but I think you're going to see a hell of a football game Thursday night. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And these two teams are the top record teams in the conference. You know, even despite the fact the Chargers are the fifth seat, so a lot on the line for this game in terms of you know playoffs and whatnot. Yes. The only thing that we could two things could go bad with this game. One, it could be like last week's game where it's a blowout early. Or two, Philip Rivers reverts to his old Norman Arrowhead Stadium where he plays like absolute crap. So, 
hopefully that's not the case. And if it does happen, blame somebody else. Seth sounds good, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he'll he'll find a way to bring up Eric Ebron again. Yeah, uh, John, <laughs> blame it on the rain. What game are you looking forward to this weekend? Uh, surprisingly, I'm taking the Dolphins game. Uh, Dolphins oh, at Vikings. It's no, just because these teams are both clawing to stay in the playoffs right now. It's uh, these desperation games. You know, they pull a, a lot of tricks. They pull a lot of tricks. A lot of, you know, um, the Vikings have a new offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, Xavier Howard might be a situation where I, I don't know if he's playing or not, but uh, there, this, these games like these where where the teams are have nothing to lose. Uh, where no holds barred, you really see kind of true colors and, and coaches making some elaborate plays uh, to try and save their jobs and save their save the team season. Uh, even though there's a lot of these on the slate this week, uh, this is just one I'm interested in. So it's uh you know it, it's that's the betting line was started at eight. It's at seven right now. So everybody's betting the Vikings, but which I expect. That's but, ridiculous. Yeah. How do you not score to the last minute of the game Monday night and then 24 hours later, seven-point favorites against a team that just upset the Patriots? I don't understand Vegas. I don't understand it. It's nuts. Well, Seattle's defense is uh, a lot better than people give them credit for, too. So, But seven? Well, I don't know. It is what it is. <laughs> this is exactly why I don't bet on NFL football. <laughs> uh, all right. I actually I like the game. Right after that, on our on our show sheet here, I, I like Dallas at Indy. Uh, you've got Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott. I, I think this is going to be a high powered game. Um, I think you know. I think Mike, you talked about Dak and uh, Luck both going over three hundred. I think we're going to see a lot of offense here, and it's going to be a fun one. Oh, I, a lot of fantasy implications there. I a lot of play implications too. Dallas can lock up the division. Indy can take control of the wild card seating there. So it's going to be a good game all the way around. Yeah, another good game to pick out. Yes, absolutely. That 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 was my favorite game, also, Pat. And I'm a little sad that you took the Cowboys. Uh, so I'm going Lions Bills. What? No, no, no one is excited to watch that game. You I'm shut sorry. your face. <laughs> I am I'm a huge Lions fan and I'm not even gonna watch that game. I know that's I, I feel bad for everyone in Detroit that has not signed up for like any of those uh streaming apps where you can watch any game out of market because oh, you're gonna be in Detroit watching the Lions. Just red zone it up, yeah. Uh, for real though, uh, I'm, I'm excited for the Monday night game, Saints Panthers. Um, it's it's going to be great. It's a it's another um, another divisional game, another playoff contention game, another another game that depends on you know who's going to be in the playoffs and seeding and and just. I mean, the Panthers have been on just a losing streak lately, but the Saints really haven't looked good either. Uh, the Panthers, you know, they get to be home. They get to hopefully regroup a little bit. And, I mean, there's just fantasy points galore here. Cam Newton, CMC, um, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Drew Brees, Kamara, Ingram, Michael Thomas, I mean, how we might we we might get a Traquan Smith showing in this game. Oh boy, people have been waiting for that to happen again. So yeah. this game is one of those games where it's 
it, it's going to be a fun Monday night game. Another yeah. one. Another one at six point spread. And it's a game Carolina's got to win, or they could kiss their playoff chances of goodbye. Losing five in a row like they did, they have has just killed them. Oh yeah. So I'm assuming this one's New Orleans minus six. Yes. I'll oh, give me the Saints and, the, all and day. Carolina all day. Yeah, the Saints are going to kill them. I think it's it started off at seven. They're minus six now. That means everybody's putting the money on New Orleans. This, uh, so I don't know. That's uh, I think that's an easy cover by New Orleans. But again, this is why I don't bet on football. And, I'm probably and, wrong. And I'd be that guy. Well, this is for entertainment. Enter- entertainment purposes. For entertainment purposes only. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd be that guy on the other line though. That's like, look at all those guys betting on the Saints. I'll take ten bucks on the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Seth. I'll take, I'll take a long shot. New Orleans offense has been in a rut recently. The defense has played well. Um, I agree. Probably New Orleans is plus six or minus six is the better bet. But I'll still take a few bucks on the other side. Just to, you never know what could happen. It's not like it's that crazy of a possibility. And anytime the whole like country betting line seems to yes. split one way or the other, you you gotta throw some bucks in the opposite direction just because. It's the NFL, and we're we're trying to predict the unpredictable. Crazy stuff happens. I'm going to bet dogs, not bucks, on, uh, <laughs> on the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, Sir, you owe us a thousand bucks. No, no, no you must. That's a duck. That's a duck. Uh, thanks for the last, guys. This is yeah. a fun show. Oh, man. That does it for the Week 14 <laughs> recap. Let's try to focus up here. Finish strong. Week 14 recap in the books. Thanks so much for listening. Again, you can uh, you can find us on iTunes, Podbean, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play. We're, we're everywhere. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Pat. Don't forget to follow our main page, FF Dynasty 260 at FFD260 on Twitter as well. Seth, say good night. Tell the people where they can find you on Twitter again. Absolutely. Good night, everybody. Pat, welcome back again. You can find me on Twitter at FFD at Home Dad. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. There may be something good coming down the line for our subscribers. So Make oh, sure look, at, look at the listen to that tease. Look at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I like it. Mike, say goodnight to the people. Where can they find you on Twitter? Glad you're back, Pat. It's a lot more fun when there's more of us around. But <laughs> uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at MikeSports22. Got ranking starts at Sleepers coming out this week, like usual. Uh, like Seth said, make sure you join or uh, subscribe to the podcast. If anything else, you've had to enjoy listening to us for the last, what, hour and a half or so. So. Make sure you come back next week. And I'm John McGlynn. You can find me at Meathead underscore at Meathead underscore 75. Um, thanks for the listen, guys. Uh, it's been great. And give a listen to give a, give a shout out. Give a follow to FFD 260. Uh, without them, we, this show wouldn't be possible. That's right. So thank you very much for those guys, uh, the wonderful people at FFD 260. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Yep. Good night. Good luck, everybody, this week. We'll see you next week.